Yellow. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. Hello, girlfriend. How are you? Hi, you know. Foofy. Foofy. I can't do it. What's. There's like a. Foofy. There's like. Uh, there's a, I think there's a clown there's in an here. There's an army of clowns it's in an here. an army of a foofit, 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 foofit. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I practiced this noise my entire way to work <laughs> and <laughs> part of the way home. Foofit, 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 foofit. No, you're putting too much emphasis on the second <laughs> sound. Foofit, foofit. Nah. It's got to be more emphasis on the first and the second one. It's so, so short. So little emphasis. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I can't get the pitch. Yeah, it's hard. It, I think it would be, it's easier for me because I already have a higher <laughs> pitch. Voice. That's getting better. All right. <laughs> Man, this has to be so annoying. <laughs> honk, honk, motherfuckers. <laughs> It's July now, 3rd. That's the t-shirt. Uh, it's almost America's birthday, so honk it for America. Honk it for America. Honk it. <laughs> honk it. Um, yeah, it's Goose Chase. It's July 3rd. Tomorrow is America's birthday, um, and we are doing this thing again. Yes. Um, do you want to explain why we're doing clown horns, or does it matter? <laughs> I have been listening. Does it even matter? <laughs> I have been listening to um, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. It's his mm-hmm. podcast. And basically it's the premise good. is that he he has people who he's met before on his show and stuff like that, interviewed before, mm-hmm. has them on the podcast. And the premise is he's looking for real friends because yeah. he doesn't have any. Did you hear the explanation from the very first episode about why that is? Because it's actually kind of sad. I forget what that was. Conan O'Brien had a Christmas party and looked around and realized everyone there was on his payroll. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he was real sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, all of his friends are people he pays. Yeah. So like, he was like, oh. Yeah. Like he didn't have any people that were just hanging out because they just wanted to hang out. Yeah. It's kind of a huge bummer. Yeah. So Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Yeah. And, uh. I'm pretty early on into listening to it, but Dave suggested that I listen. I skip ahead and listen to the episode with Tignataro because yes. I just finished listening to her book called I'm Just a Person, mm-hmm. and uh, we both love her. Everything so, Tig does is good. Yeah, everything. So I listened to that, and in that episode, she does the <laughs> little clown hunk noise. It's and great because like Conan says, can you do that again? And she goes, No. I only have one in me. I only have one in me. And the, but then she does it the rest of the episode. My favorite thing, it had me laughing uproariously on my way to work. Like it's lucky I didn't get into an accident because I was laughing that hard. Yeesh. But I was so they're talking and I forget who they were talking about. But they referenced someone. Mm-hmm. And one of the other people, Matt, one of his his producer, I think. Yeah, Matt Gorley, said, I think. Yeah, said, "Oh, Richard," and and Conan starts like laying into him because of like, of course, yeah, that's the guy we've been talking about. <laughs> so when he says Richard, and Conan starts laying into him, Tig goes foo <laughs> which is like a thing she they'd already set up the horn noise joke already. So then she does that. And then Conan just keeps trying to continue his story. So every time he references this guy that he's talking about, 
Matt will go Richard and Ted will go Fifi. And, <laughs> and it goes on for so long. It's a and really it gets weird so gag. ridiculous. And it made me laugh so hard. I was like dying. It's so And nonsense. I was like, this is such a silly thing to be like laughing this hard about. But yeah. it was they just kept doing it. That's... And he was getting so mad about it. <laughs> I think that's what made it funny for me. Like he yeah. was literally he was very frustrated because yeah. they just were Keeping him from getting to the point. This is part of the Tignotaro magic. Yes. If she could be an asshole without actually being an asshole. <laughs> well, I... Like, she could, like, drive Conan insane without actually being right. the bad She's guy. She's completely endearing. Yes. There's a, a bit that she does, and I haven't watched it in a while, so I, I always forget the context, but she talked about this in her book, too. But she, like, ends her show by just, like, dragging a stool really slowly across <laughs> the floor. Do you remember this? Yes. <laughs> And it's that kind of thing. It's like absurd and ridiculous. And if someone else did it, maybe really annoying. Yeah. But it's her. Like yeah. it's the way she does things that is just so funny. It's not clear how she does this. It's some kind of magic. I think it has to do with the way that she smiles at people. There's just something about her. There's yeah. something about her delivery. There's something about her approach. It's like, you know, you know how there's there's people that are like really sarcastic, mm -hmm. but you know them well enough. You know their delivery. Even if they say something mean to you as a joke, you know they don't mean it. Yeah. And then there's people who are also sarcastic, but you don't know that they're not really being mean. Like it, it's just a different delivery. There's something different about it. Uh -huh. It's like that. Not that she's, I mean, she does have a very dry sense of humor, but not that I've never heard her be outright mean towards people necessarily, but no. just the way she approaches things, the way she delivers it, the way she says things like, you know, she's got a good heart and it's just like, so it's just so funny. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. I can't talk about <laughs> her enough. So anyway, this has been News <laughs> Chase. Listen to Tig Notaro instead. We'll see you in two, <laughs> two or three weeks. Yeah, right. What else do we have to talk about? I don't know. You know, last week we didn't do the episode. That's um, right. That was an executive decision because you had chosen a topic and you were having a hard time. It was very broad. Yeah. You couldn't narrow it down and you were very frustrated. And we had a wonderful day that Wednesday. I was off work. You were off work. We yeah. took the dog to hold an arboretum and we um, walked around with him and Afterwards, uh, we stopped and got strawberries on the side of the road, and then and cheese, and then we stopped at the Middlefield Cheese Chalet. So much cheese, and we got so much cheese. And I found a Swiss that I like. I'm not a big Swiss fan. Yeah, but I think there you found at least two Swiss. you liked. I I know I like baby Swiss. Yeah, baby I, Swiss is because it's good. milder and yeah. and a little softer. So I know I like that. But yeah. the Reserve Swiss, their Reserve Swiss is was pretty a surprise. Awesome. This is Rothenbuehler Cheesemakers. Yes. Um, this used to be, they used to call the place the Middlefield <laughs> Cheese House, which I recently found proof of on, on Google Images. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I know this place changed hands. I know this wasn't here before. Yeah. And it wasn't. It used to be the Middlefield Cheese House. Was it Cheese Barn or Cheese House? I always called it the Cheese Barn, but it was the Cheese House. It was written on the side. Oh, okay. Um, and they, you know, like, I don't... I, I don't now it's know the Rothenbuehler the Cheese Chalet. Yeah, the Chalet. Talk about an upgrade. Although I will Boom. say the, the building does look like it should be called a chalet. Yeah. It's got a cool design to it. And on the inside, there's these, like, 
hand carved illustrations of like people or illustrations. <laughs> There's like hand carved like statues of like people like carrying cheese. Or, like, <laughs> uh, it's like real, like it's a perfect. dude with a big cheese wheel on his back. <clears throat> and there's like stained glass in there too. It's I don't know what's going on with that building. When we remodel this house, just <laughs> stay with me here. Okay. Stained I'll try. glass of pictures in the stained glass just of cheese. People holding cheese. Yeah. Pieces of cheese. Wheels of cheese. cheese. We'll have cheese themed furniture. <laughs> furniture that is just a giant wheel of cheese. Uh all right. All right. I can get behind that. All right. Anyway, they changed hands. They're now the Rothenbuehler Cheese Chalet. And it's really great. Fancy. I didn't get to go inside because I was on the car with the dog. But yes. you picked me out a wonderful sandwich. You got a smattering of cheeses and a sandwich and little little nibbly bits. We already have a, a running list of the things we want when we go back. Yeah, right. We might just have to take a trip there just for that. I kind of think so. I want some more of their cheese. That's the thing is like they're about an hour away. Something yeah. like that. We could we can make a day of it. Absolutely worth going up there on a random Saturday. Yeah. Because their their cheese is incredible. It um, was very good. Including the stuff they sell that they don't make. Yeah. Um the hot pepper cheese, the extra hot pepper cheese. I will say incredible. most of it was also somewhat local. Yeah. I think the hot pepper cheese was a place in Pennsylvania. It was. And then what was the other cheese? It was like a cheddar. That was the one that was like a green onion uh, yeah. American or something like that. And that was a play, another place in Ohio. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, everything was good. Um, one of my favorite things was we got like a bag of assorted little cheese bites. Yeah. And it, essentially what it is is, you know, when they're slicing the cheese, you get to the end where you can no longer safely slice it to yeah. the thinness that you want. So they just chop that up into little squares, and then they mix them all together, and you, you have a little assorted cheese bites. Yeah, just odds so and ends. from eating that, I found, like, two more cheeses that I want to get. <laughs> yeah, right. The rye cheese. The rye cheese, mostly. And then what was the other one? I think it was the hot pepper cheese, but you had gotten some of that. Yeah. So that stuff was great. Yeah, it was very good. Um, we've talked a lot about cheese. We have. But the, my point of bringing that up is we had a really really good day mm -hmm. and then you were frustrated because the topic wasn't where you wanted it to be yeah. and Which rather than rather than stress over you trying to throw something together so we could do an episode yeah we just called an audible and decided to continue having a really nice day and not ruin it with stress over something that doesn't matter yeah and uh, just pick it back up when you had time to figure it out uh so yeah change topics have something better this time Something that's a little bit more narrow. All right. Um. <clears throat> anyway, tomorrow is America's birthday. <clears throat> it is. <clears throat> How old is America tomorrow? America. America is. Uh, let's <laughs> see, seven, <laughs> uh, hold on a minute. <laughs> so, nineteen seventy-six makes two hundred, right? All right. And then twenty-six would make two hundred and fifty. I'm letting you do all the math. <laughs> um, Cause I'm 40, not fucking with that shit. 43, 243 years old Happy America birthday, is. Happy America. Am I doing that right? Probably. You don't know. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> keeping track. Uh, anyway, it's America's birthday. Someone that's yell at exciting. us and tell us if we if he did that wrong. Um, <clears throat> so that's cool. It's exciting. I like the 4th of July as a holiday. Yeah. It's kind of all right. Um, right. We had a we had a very good time. Sorry, I was interrupted by a dog. Um, we had a very good time at 
uh, Miss Tina, mm-hmm. our friend Aubrey, friend of the podcast who's been on. Mm-hmm. Her mom is Miss Tina, and uh, she always has a fantastic Fourth of July party. Yeah. Normally we have friends over on Sunday, so we basically just relocated our Sunday hangs to Miss mm-hmm. Tina's Fourth of July party. Yeah, right. It's very nice of her to allow us to do that and invite yeah. everyone. And uh, as always, with this group of people and of the Midwestern people that we are, there was way too much food. Mm-hmm. I made a fruit pizza and then a fruit pie yeah. out of the same stuff as a fruit pizza because I had leftover filling. So. Mm-hmm. There was that. That turned out good. There was all kinds of good food. Yeah. There was a lot of food. So much food. It was food. very, very good. I'm wondering if this happens everywhere where just now every fireworks ceremony is flanked with drones. Is this happening everywhere? I the wonder? last several years that, that basically since the beginning of time, not beginning of time, but beginning of the time I started going to Miss Tina's party, there's been drones. Yeah, but that's like four years ago. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if this is just, like, a thing that happens everywhere, but, like, it seems like whenever there's a fireworks show, there's drones around because they just, they just have to get the shot of the fireworks from sky height. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that there's not a chance you're going to watch that again. Right. You will never, ever watch a fireworks show afterwards because it's know not what? exciting. You know what I'm thinking? Huh. Maybe at least one of those drones is owned by the people doing the fireworks display. Maybe. I always thought it was like maybe just a rich guy in the neighborhood who just had a drone. Mm. But it might be from the people doing the fireworks display. It could be. I mean, my guess is if it's their drone, it would be on the side where they're launching the fireworks from. Mm. But I don't know that for sure. Not necessarily. Uh, It's a weird thing. Like, 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 no one's going to watch that again. Fireworks are only exciting in person right. that time. It's not something you're going to sit at home and watch. That's why yeah. I was thinking maybe it's the people who put it off because they could use it in, like, promotional footage or something, you know? Yeah. They might have a reason for it. But it's a weird thing to consistently take videos from a drone yeah. of fireworks every year. The best thing about Austin Town's fireworks show... <laughs> Is that they're the same every year? Well, no. So they couldn't figure out when to end it. Or start it. They had a couple <laughs> false starts, and then they ended it. They did the huge finale. Big grand finale. Bang, bang, bang. All Ten over the minutes place. later, someone found an extra box of fireworks. <laughs> they like, did, like, two more fireworks. And then um, another, like, five-minute pause. And then, like, three more. And I think yeah. they even, even did it another time. It was funny. I don't, I don't even understand why. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe someone's going around counting all the fuses and found a couple of duds and I don't know something like that. But maybe it's weird. They don't they didn't know when to stop. So we're still outside. Going is it is it still going? <laughs> How long is this going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> I don't fucking know. <sighs> well, it seems like we've hit that point of the episode. Is it that time? It's time to play a little game. What game? Uh, I think you would best know it as Trues and Fnews. Trues and Fnews, hot damn. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me and do It's time for Trues and Fnews. Time to play Trues and Fnews. Everyone's playing, everyone's playing a famous game, famous game, the game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for Trues and Fnews. 
A Merv Griffin production. Tell me about Trues and Fnews. What is Trues and Fnews? Trues and Fnews is a fun little game where I will give you three news headlines. Two will be false, also known as Fnews, and one will be true or the Trues, and you gotta pick the Trues from the Fnews. Mm, that sounds super easy. Like it would not be a challenge at all, and I could super do it. All right. Well, let's let's uh, put your <laughs> money where your mouth is. Maybe you will uh, eat your words, or maybe you will put your foot in your mouth. I'm just doing things about mouths now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm just doing things about mouths now. <laughs> the Christy Davenport story. Okay. Um, first headline. All right, let's hear it. Vancouver's notorious knife stealing crow, now a father. Oh, wait, this sounds familiar. I feel like I remember hearing about a knife stealing crow. I don't know, maybe. Second headline. All right. Escape life. Millennial creates service to help you go off the grid. Uh, that's probably true. Hmm. Third headline. Dog hitchhikes across country and back and has the pics to prove it. <laughs> Shit. Hold on a minute. Are you sure these aren't all three true? They're not true. No, they're not all true. <sighs> the trick is they're all false. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all of these could very easily be true. This might be the hardest one yet for me. I have no idea where That's I'm going with this. trick. Yeah. Can I have a little sippy of that? Yep. My homebrew, my delicious uh, double moon, blue moon clone is finally ready. It's very good. It's all right. It needs a little bit more carbonation, but it's drinkable in its current state, and I am happy with that. Very rich. Very rich. Uh, Want to recap? Hit me with them again. <clears throat> I have no idea where we're going with this. Vancouver's notorious knife-stealing crow, now a father. Okay. Escape life. Millennial creates service to help you go off the grid. Hmm. Dog hitchhikes across country and back and has the pics to prove it. You know, this is frustrating because, like, cross-country dog has happened. So that one... Is definitely true, even if it's not true in but, this quiz. <laughs> but does he have the pics to prove it? I feel like people going across country with their dog have done that. Oh, no, this is a dog on its own. A dog on its own. <laughs> wow. All right. Um. <sighs> God, this one's tricky. Oh, I hate this. All right, I'm going to go with the uh, I'm going to go with the millennial one. Uh there has to be a service for cutting yourself off of uh the the internet. That's it. Nope. Of course not. The true one was your first instinct. Vancouver's notorious knife-stealing crow. <laughs> I've heard of this. Now Why have I heard of this? Uh, I think it was a story going around for a while. I would pull up the article, but honestly, when I read it, there wasn't too too much to it. He he's just known in the area, and the last time he was reported on widely was because he, I think they might have caught him on video, like grabbing a knife from <laughs> like it might have been on the ground or something, but he like picked up a knife and flew away. Like, I like, the, I like the idea that he's got like a bunch of gang tattoos and he just picks up this knife <laughs> and then like slowly tucks it underneath his wing and flies away. But it seems like he's a beloved creature in that neighborhood because the. The people in the area have been keeping an eye on him and his little birdie wife, and 
whether or not they've been able to have babies because obviously they have a nest and they tried, but something happened to their first nest and then and now he's a daddy. Is there nothing happening in Vancouver? No. <laughs> there must be nothing happening. It's Canada. <laughs> There's like super nice and love animals. Mm. And then they eat poutine. Oh, my God. I didn't even mention this to you, but I had poutine this last weekend. I had some of the best poutine I've ever had. Where did it, you go is, uh, eat poutine without me? Yeah, Matt and I went to, when I was in Cook's Forest, I went to this place with him that's like right near the trails that we walked. I can't remember the name of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had, their take on poutine was kind of like not exactly poutine, but it was like tater tots instead of fries. Oh, I've had that. Not from that place. I had Something yeah. like that from a place in Illinois before. And then they covered it with the cheese curds, but they're deep fried cheese curds with like a breading on the outside, which was oh. really good. Huh. I mean, it's it's all kind slightly different. defeats the purpose of cheese curds because they're supposed to be like melty. They were melty. Hmm. They just were also inside of batter. It was really good. Yeah. And then they- I'm sure it was good because fried cheese curds are great, but. Yeah. And then they like covered that with like some beef <clears throat> gravy. Like, yeah. Almost definitely like canned beef gravy. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. I was shocked how good it was. Hmm. I couldn't believe how good. Now I want poutine. Yup. Especially with like tater tots, which just like makes the whole thing a little bit more yeah. fluffy. And I don't know. I like the idea. They're just easy to eat. They're just and easy I to th- eat. And you know what? I think tater tots stay warm better than fries. Okay. And they're easier to eat as leftovers. Like they taste better as leftovers than french fries do. Do they? Mm-hmm. Do they, like, reheat better? I think so. Maybe. Although I will say, like, (laughs) almost anything heats up wonderfully in the air fryer. Ah, yes. I I cooked bacon in it this morning. Is that why it was a mess? I was trying to figure out what happened in there. Yeah, I I put it in the sink with some soapy water so I could clean it later. I just didn't have time to I was going to text you and say, what exploded inside the air fryer? Because it was just, like, white goop everywhere. Bacon grease. Yeah. All right. It was delicious. I'm sure. It looked, I thought, I couldn't, t- it looked like it was covered in cheese. It was oh, a very no. strange look. Animal fat. <laughs> mm. Mm. Anyway, you got me. Boo, hiss. Uh, <laughs> I, I uh, cannot believe I uh, uh, have failed again. I feel like I am not very good at this game anymore. Don't be salty. I'm a little salty. <laughs> I'm right. All right. I'm just pulling up my um my little middle saggy here. Okay. Dead. I alluded Ayo. to it with you the other day. Okay. Um oh god, now I'm not going to be able to find it. So you remember our our friend, I forget his name now, Sam. Which I forget his last name. Which Sam? Sam, who's not really our friend, but Sam that we've talked about on the podcast, who knits shirts of places. Barsky. and then Yes, Barsky. Yeah. Well, this is reminiscent of that. Um, this man is an artist, a fiber artist. Okay. And he crochets hats that look like food. <laughs> and then he takes pictures of himself looking... Um, Disappointed or sheepish while wearing those hats. What? Yes. 
Wait, hold on. Is that the premise, or is that just what he does? Like, does it just so happen he looks sheepish, or is he? No, like- I think he's intentionally putting that look on his face in every picture. Okay. I don't know if there's a purpose to that, or if it's just funny. Weird. Where is this um, guy from? I'm trying to pull it up so I could give you more details. Okay. No, not what I told you to do. How do we hit a loading screen in this podcast? I'm sorry. Here he is. All right. Bored Panda. That's where I found you. Bored Panda. Melbourne-based textile artist Phil Ferguson. Okay. Crochets mouth-watering wearable hats that look just like some of your favorite foods. He poses in each of his creations with a hilariously dejected expression and posts them to his Instagram where he goes by Chili Philly. Okay. According to an interview with the BBC, Ferguson said he started making the hats so he could meet people after moving to a new city. That's one tactic. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen there? Um, like people there are going to flock to your hat. so many. These are amazing. I will show you these in a second. Okay. Nope, that was the end of the article. That's all they had to say about it. Um, so just gaze upon these pictures. Gaze upon the beautiful hats. Um, I just, for the people, since this is not a visual medium. Yeah. Um, there's a cheeseburger one, there's a pizza, and he's, he always leaves some kind of hole in the food item where he puts his head through. There's an avocado where his face is basically the pit of the avocado. There's ketchup and mustard. Um. What? The, yes. The, Are these hats or masks? Hats. Oh, so they're more than just a hat. They're like a full helmet. Yeah, you got the part on the top and the sides and like a scarf-like thing. So, it's, well, not all. It just depends on what food. He does whatever suits the food best. Wow. It's like in the pepperoni, he looks in the pizza. He looks like his face is like a pepperoni on the pizza. Like he left a space on top of the pizza for his face. I like what this dude does. It's good. I mean, they're really good. They look like what he means them to look like. They're. <laughs> Um, creative, like the ketchup and mustard one is really cool because yeah. it's like bottles pouring ketchup and mustard onto his head. And then the hat is like, looks like spilled ketchup and mustard. Uh, the eggplant one is very funny. Yeah, that one's uh, good. There's one where he's got a, just a teacup spilling everywhere. Um, I would say my favorite one, probably having looked at all of these, I, I'm going with the turkey drumstick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It's just like his head in the middle of like a weird drumstick with the bone sticking out the side, and it looks very good. And I think I think the facial expressions just make it funnier because it's like such a weird thing, and then he looks like a little sad in he some of them. He does look sad. <laughs> like, what? I'm not sure why that's like, how why? he chose to do this. I don't know. I like the hot dog one a lot because look mm. at his face. <laughs> wow. Like his head is barely peeking out. Of the middle of the hot dog. And oh, it's so funny. That's an odd way to, to I mean, honestly, like, I kind of get Barsky's thing because it's like, okay, well, this is a thing I could wear all the time. It's just a shirt with a city and a, a landmark on it, and that's cool. When are you ever going to wear a hot dog hat again? Anytime you want to meet new friends, apparently. Okay, realistically, when do you not feel weird wearing a hot dog hat? 
It depends on what kind of person you are. I bet it does. Uh huh. But I can't imagine ever being comfortable wearing that in public. Well, that's why you're not crocheting them. That's true. <laughs> but they're really well done and they're like just hysterical. I love them. Yeah. He's he's cool. I approve it. So I wanted to talk about that. Chrissy's stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of interesting things you can make and 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 craft <laughs> and knit and all of these different things. I once crocheted a piece of bacon. Yeah. Like a but big. It was like a plush toy. Okay. So kind of like that, but not a hat. It was just like a plush toy, a and I then I crocheted bacon. eyes on it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. Um, it was a present to my boyfriend at the time, his brother, mm-hmm. who was older than us. Okay. Every time I would tell someone, like, "Oh yeah, I, I crocheted a, a stuffed animal for my boyfriend's brother," oh, how old is he? <laughs> 35? <laughs> <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> right. No, I love that. I mean, you know. It was cool. It was fun to crochet. And, like, I basically, I used different, I used, like, a brownish red color and then, like, a pink color and, like, a cream color. Yeah. And I just crocheted stripes. Yeah. Of different, like, just different amounts. And it didn't really have any rhyme or reason because I wanted it to look like bacon, which is random. Yeah, right. Um, and it came out, I wish I saw a picture of it, it came out looking pretty good, and then I crocheted weird eyes on it. Um, <laughs> but it, it turned out pretty good. I forget what he named it. It was, I know he had a stuffed stack of pancakes that he named Judy Lamar. So it was something, because... it was like a human name. I don't know, that's what he named it. Okay. And um, that's why I made him the bacon to go with the pancakes. It makes sense. Yeah. What's pancakes without bacon? Exactly. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> now I want pancakes, David. Mm. Why would you do this to me? Uh, and I'm you not work gonna really, have, really early. Yeah, I'm not tomorrow. gonna have any time to eat pancakes in the next day. Nope. I have to be at work at seven in the morning. I cannot wake up at six o'clock and make <clears throat> pancakes. <sighs> Disappointed. Well, um unforgivable. <laughs> Somehow it's somehow it seems like we've hit the uh, the end of the opening of the show. What mm-hmm. was that like ten minutes? Hmm? It's been <laughs> it longer than I that, know, right? It went fast. Yeah. Um, but we're there, so why don't we take a break? All right. And we'll be back in a minute with the main segment for this episode. Hold on. You're putting too much emphasis on the It's hard to get the pitch without really pushing it. You'll get it. Son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute with more goose chase. Nah. <laughs> And we're back. And we're back. 
<sighs> we are back. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, it, it's. This is a thing that we are doing. Okay. Uh, it's episode seventy nine. Yes. Is that where you were going? No, I, I don't know what I was going to say. Just like yeah, we can hear the fireworks outside from down here. So it is absolutely almost the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And the dog is being a huge baby about it. Well, he dislikes all loud sounds. Or like any sound he can't identify. Yeah, he doesn't like thunder and he doesn't like um, fireworks. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the way he deals with it isn't that bad. Like he doesn't freak out completely and get destructive he just like gets really cuddly and wants to be next to anyone he could be next to so right now he's standing next to me and making me pet his face yes um but anyway moving on this is probably gonna be a short episode that's okay if it is that's fine yeah we can have Um, short episodes uh but you you know we make the rules we do our show we can do whatever we fucking want it's my show and i'll cry if i want to I don't encourage it. Yeah, it might just happen. Going to kind of bum me out. <laughs> I don't do, baby, we don't do this to bring the people down. <laughs> baby, why? Darling. What are you crying? Settle down. What's wrong? We don't want them to hear us Shut argue. Up, put a smile on their face. Come on now. What's your problem? <laughs> Little savvy baby, what's going on? <laughs> um, Yours is like a mixture of like... <laughs> Tig Notaro when she does that, and also uh, the, the guy who says make it work. Uh, Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, what's going on? Why are you crying? Make it work. Make it work. Make it work. Designers, make it work. You're pretty good at that. <laughs> you have Tim Gunn. I have the clown horn. <laughs> 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 We have a whole comedy show with those two things. Why are we not on the road? This just broke me. It's just like, well, you know, I got my thing. This clown horn. I'm not good at impressions or sound effects. So the only reason I have a Tim Gunn in my head is because of that one season of that show, which I didn't even watch the whole show. But that guy, the guy, his name was Santino, Santino, who did an impression of yeah. him and got caught. So when uh, when uh, Natalie still worked with me, we used to, and, and Julia was there as well, and we all would like do the Tim Gunn impression. <clears throat> and it would be that thing that Santino does on the show of like, where's Andre? <laughs> Andre, come out. Let me untie you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it's not even that good, but it's half, it's a half decent Tim Gunn. It sounds like him. Moving on. Anyway. It, it is episode 79. Um, I would like to talk to you about something which I will introduce gradually here. Oh. Um, uh, I want to start this by saying that one of my favorite things about the internet is that it elevates its most unique, most interesting, sometimes craziest figures to a place of semi-stardom. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happens all the time. Um, there's just a... There's a real meritocracy to how weird you can be on the internet where you the cream rises to the top, right? Cream of the crop. Yeah. Rises to the top. It really does. Do you remember that from high school speech? Uh, no. I feel like it was a thing that <laughs> Mr. Mizuka used to say all probably. the time. I mean, that's that's probably a thing he said. Yeah. Just like be good at stuff. It was like we used to say it. 
jokingly behind his back. So that's why I think it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure, anyway, I'm almost certain that was a thing that he would say. Yeah, I think he said it in a tongue-in-cheek way too. Like I don't think he was serious. Like you knew it was a cheesy, trite statement. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I think of when I hear that. Yeah. Continue on with your bad self. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, the point I'm making just is I love what the internet decides to make out of of itself as far as its own celebrities. Right. Yes. Um, one of these is someone by the name of Gene Ray. Okay. This is not immediately recognizable to me. This is why I say you may is not recognize his name. G-E-N-E? G-E-N-E-R-A-Y. Gene Ray. You might not know this name. You will absolutely recognize the discipline of science that he created, which is time cube theory. Okay, this is something you've told me about before, right? Yes. Does that does, is that ringing a bell? Yes, because I think at one point I got him confused with Temple OS guy. They're very similar. Yeah, in fact, I think when we did Temple OS, we might have talked a little bit about Gene Ray. Yeah. Cuz they really are very similar figures. <clears throat> um so Gene Ray made himself famous, <sighs> bless you. Oh, I'm so um, sorry. For this time cube theory. Uh, which most of the world found completely incomprehensible, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but his website and his writings on that website and his increasingly <laughs> sort of like stern and increasingly profane insistence on the cubic reality uh, have become internet legend. Um, I remember when I discovered this, I feel like it was in high school. Like, I feel like I remember this is like one of the things I stumbled across in like typing class when I was like on the internet when I should have been doing my, my work. Um <laughs> Almost certainly pulled this up on the computer lab at Fitch High School. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I wrote here, it's not a hugely consequential story. This is not one of those big stories. This is not one of those things where like, you know, like, like a lot of things we do where it's like someone has power over people and we should all be alarmed by it. This is just a kind of a romp through a really weird period of the Internet. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to commemorate Gene Ray here because I just love Time Cube for what it is. Um it's a, a cube made of time. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, it's also kind of a sad story. Yeah. I, it's a, it's a story you can have multiple feelings about, and I think all those feelings at once. Mm hmm. Um, depending on how you look at it. I'm making a cube. Uh, nice. Uh, so let me start this off. Who is Gene Ray? Gene Ray uh, was born in 1927. He was one of 12 children born in Manchester, Georgia. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, it sure is. Um, he, according to himself, according to his own retelling, uh, he went into the service as a young man. He served in Nagasaki in World War II. He returned home to Pearl Harbor after the war. Um, he got married. He had kids. Um, he moved to Miami. I mean, like, there's not a lot about his early life. So this is really just the beeline, right? Welcome to Miami. <clears throat> he was uh, welcomed to Miami. Um, <laughs> he, did, he did electrical work for five years in Miami. So he was <clears throat> like an electrician by trade. Then moved to St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, and worked in a nuclear plant hmm. uh, in Homestead, Florida. Pretty odd. Very interesting. Uh, he, like I said, he was an electrician by trade, but by his own recollection, he also did a lot of interesting side work, some inventing, uh, worked on like various projects with his brother-in-law. 
Um, but he's never really super clear about what those were. Mm-hmm. His early life is kind of like that's about the most there is about his life. Um, doesn't talk about himself that much. Mm-hmm. This is something that drives <clears throat> me crazy. Like <sighs> enigmas don't sit well with me. <laughs> right. One can imagine by listening to countless episodes of this podcast. Yeah. I need to know, like, what makes someone like this tick. I need to know the answers. Who are they? Where did they come from? Like, yeah. why are they doing this? Right. So whenever there's, like, one of these enigmatic people or, like, an internet mystery, I need to ruin it for myself. Like, I need to know everything <laughs> that I can know. I can't let the mystery live. Right. Um, but, well, so, it's interesting, and, and it gets me because there are people like this that are, like, seemingly come out of nowhere and there's very little information about them. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, he also becomes famous like or known, I should say, around the time of the early internet. Mm-hmm. So like it's I think everything post internet is so much easier to get information about. And pre-internet is kind of you just have to rely on like strictly like first-hand <laughs> sources. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh he is an enigma in that sense. Uh, I will tell you the one, the thing that he was first known for or that he achieved any notoriety for was um, he, he developed an interest in playing marbles professionally. <laughs> That's an odd thing, right? Reminds me of the marble race videos. Yeah. Well, I mean, like on YouTube, I mean, like this is like playing marbles. Like, yeah. Playing oh, no, marbles. I know. Um, but anytime I think of marbles, I now just think of marble race videos. God, those are so much fun to watch. You guys, they're surprisingly fun. Yeah. Look G- up the one. Gels marble runs. Yeah. And the the ones that are like the Olympics and stuff are really good. The marble Olympics. You end up rooting for marbles. It's so stupid. <laughs> I have shown people these videos and they've been like, why are you showing me this? This is dumb. And within 30 seconds. Yeah. Everyone in the room is cheering team. for a marble. <laughs> it's like, do not judge me until you root for these marbles yourself. <laughs> it's it just has that effect on people. It's like anything you can personify it. In yeah, like, you know. And then you see the in, in like the invariable the, the inevitable dynamics of like people rooting for the forerunner or for the second place. Yeah, like the things that also, people tend to like to do. Also, he's so earnest. Yeah. About it, and he puts clearly a lot of time and effort into it. I feel it. like we've talked about it on this podcast, probably. But I love that guy, and the videos are great. And anyway, back it's to hit, it's time hypnotic, cube. though. It really what is. What is his name? Do we have a name for him? The time cube guy, Gene Ray. Oh, right. Oh yeah. my god, I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, I'm so well, sorry. Let me start over again. Gene I Ray. like the way the internet makes celebrities out of itself. Uh, one of my favorite celebrities <laughs> is Dr. Gene Ray. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Gene Ray, I'm Gene on Ray. board. So Gene Ray <clears throat> gets into playing marbles on in a professional. Yes, this is his way. sort of the the. He wasn't famous, but this is like one of his first sort of like oh people know me from this kind of things, right? Okay, within the <laughs> you might know me <laughs> right? because I play professional marbles. You might know me as a regional winner at a marble competition. Uh, he went by the name Mister Marbles, and he even had a suit, which I've never seen a picture of. It's got to be out there somewhere. Uh, it's somewhere among his personal effects now. Is like super original. Yeah, a, a trademark Mister Marble suit. I Did it have that. like pictures of marble on it? No pictures exist that I know of. 
I don't know what it looks like. I would love to know what it looks like. Yeah. Um, this is like early 90s, late 80s, by the way. Um, <clears throat> he's, he's uh, you know, he's got the Mr. Marble suit. He competes in marble competitions. He even founded a group called the Professional Marble Players Association with like some membership. PMPA? Pimpa? Uh, Pumpa. Pimpa. Pumpa. Pimpa. <laughs> this is coming with us the whole episode. Yep. Um, and they weren't even the only Marble uh, Players Association. They were like second fiddle to some other pre-existing and much larger professional Marble Players group. Excuse me. Second <clears throat> clown horn. <laughs> I just got to keep it going. So so he made this organization when there was already another organization. For yeah. It. I'm not sure why he did that. <clears throat> it might have been specifically to cater to like <clears throat> Americans because I think the other group was based out of uh, like England. Europe or something. I'm not sure, mm. but he did found it and it still exists, I think. And he even has a book on Amazon. You can still buy by huh. Mr. Marbles. Huh. Uh, well, actually, I think it's out of print and there might not be a digital edition, but it, there is an entry for it online hmm. and it's probably available used somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so that's Gene Ray's thing at this time, right? All um, about Tim Marbles. <clears throat> this is where I should lead with what probably will become a theme later. Um, it's never completely confirmed, but the prevailing assumption about Gene Ray is around this time he starts to develop schizophrenia. Okay. It's not known for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it will become clear <laughs> going forward that that is a very likely explanation, mm-hmm. but I just want to drop that in now because I think it's relevant to where we're going. I think it's good to like have that knowledge going in, especially okay. because you're going to I think you'll you'll be more sympathetic to Gene Ray and what happens here if you know that. All right. So anyway, the um, so timecube.com is Gene Ray's first mm-hmm. website. Um, the earliest archive.org capture of this site is from June 29th, 1998. Uh, it actually went online several months earlier in August of 97. But that is the first capture we have of the website. Timecube.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about it. What is timecube theory? Timecube theory, um, as as he attempts to lay it out on his website, uh, is a is he, he describes it as nature's harmonic simultaneous four day time cube. Yeah, okay. that tells me nothing. Its opening paragraph reads as follows. I'm going to read this exactly as a quote. Earth has four simultaneous days within only one rotation. <laughs> God, <laughs> I just when you start reading Gene Ray, you have to say ridiculous things. So. Losing three days in each Earth rotation has retarded your mentality to stupid and an education of evil. You do not have the mind or education to envision nature's time cube. Mm. So right off the bat, your education has been retarded, in his words, and you're, you c- cannot imagine the time cube. And you're stupid and evil. <laughs> yeah, right, like... That's the, like, that's he's not even he's not even trying to hold the punches. <laughs> right. Like this is like brand new and he's already so defensive. I mean, this is what I wrote is like I was shocked this early on how defensive he was because I know he gets that way. But this is like he in the starts very that beginning. Way. Yeah. 
I I think you are right. Knowing that possibly schizophrenia is involved makes a lot of sense with this. It will. It only will make more sense. Yeah, but even even that sort of defensive posture at the beginning Paranoia. of like yeah like it, like like i have to defend this against the world that does not believe in me cannot trust right. in me it has it out and for me. it has the ring of a person who has told friends and family members about this to no end and they're yeah. just like what yeah, like, and what so he's like well about? no one gets it because this not right. because it, there's something going on in my head and i'm the only one who gets it because I, I made this thing up but because no there's other reasons. Right. You can't fathom it. Your education's been retarded yeah. and you're stupid and evil. And, and evil. <laughs> Naturally. Well, yeah, you have, you have, you're, what? Uh, losing three days. No, actually, that, that's the real explanation. Losing three days in each earth rotation is what has retarded your mentality to stupid and an education of evil. Hmm. So in other words, you're living in a one day rotation mind frame you've lost three days and it has corrupted your brain there are four days in one day so it's like saying i'm living in four dimensions and you're living in one sort of yeah which i'll go on to try and explain i will actually try to like posit like what i think he's saying Mm -hmm. Uh, but it takes a little digging right um here's a few other things that he says these are god these are weird some of these are semi-quotes Earth has three equators, not four, and you were taught ignorance on this subject. And by the way, by that he means the equator you're thinking of, mm-hmm. and then a vertical equator like the uh, the like uh, like Greenwich Mean Time is along the all of our yeah our meridians, and then the where's the last one? I'm trying to envision it. I actually can't envision it, but it, he has this illustrated on his website right Mm -hmm. three equators that he has devised uh to make make this make sense to him um he says creation has two sex poles and four corner races of humans i will try to get into this later (laughs) sex poles yes so he means two gender polarities uh which the sexes are like a version of polarity opposites right sex poles uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> he also says, this, I don't know what this means. Uh, he says, with underlined for emphasis, God is cornered as a queer. Don't know what that means. You can see there's a lot. There's like the more you read of him, there's all this like weird bigotry that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. But I this will come back later. But his belief is essentially that God, the creator of the the universe as mythologized in religion, is also a one-day dummy who doesn't see the full four days of the time cube rotation. So he is above God as well. I was going to say, so he's smarter than God. Yes. And God supposedly created everything, but he didn't create this part of it. God didn't see the four days. Only Gene Ray did. It's really... Okay. There's a reason I wanted to talk about this, because it's just, it's a very deep dive into, like, a very strange way to think about the world. Mm-hmm. Um... Here is <clears throat> here's the basic thing that he is trying to say, I think, as far as I can tell. Um, he is claiming that, again, during every day, there are four simultaneous days happening. Here is what he's actually saying. If you were to drop the Earth inside of a cube, a time cube, if you will, 
right? Okay. <laughs> Where there's corners all along the way that Earth rotates. Okay. Right? So wherever sunup is, wherever the sun is coming up on Earth, Mm-hmm. Directly opposite it is where the sun is going down on Earth. Mm-hmm. And in between on each side is midday and midnight. Mm-hmm. And his belief is that those constitute four separate days as the Earth spins. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So while one day will experience its full day-to-day cycle, the others are also experiencing those, but they're offset by a quarter of a day. Okay. To Gene Ray, this means there are four days happening, whereas all the rest of us can see that they're all the same day, just like depending on where you are, you're experiencing light or dark differently. The time has been artificially adjusted so that your sunup is like convenient for you. you Like your full day, like your your morning time is behind or ahead of other places depending on where you're located on the earth. Right. But to him... It's that each of those places have their own, their it own is day. a full day. Yeah. It's like, it's not in conjunction with anything else that's occurring. It's yeah. as though you're just looking at, say you're looking at where we're at yeah. in like the time zone we're in. The yes. day that we're in now is our thing that's happening and yeah. it's completely separate than like, China and the day that they're in right now. Yes. They're each their own separate entities, their own separate days that are concurrent. Yeah. You're starting to see, now you're you're thinking like Gene Ray, right? (laughs) Great. (laughs) You you see what I mean, though? Happy about that. It's, it's, he's reacting to something that does exist, but like. He's putting it through a weird filter. Like he's thinking about it in a very different way the thing is it's also super arbitrary because you could do the same thing by cutting the earth into eighths if you wanted to yeah or for that matter into 24ths which is what we do mm-hmm. when we establish all these different times a few more actually because there's a couple of half hour time zones that are weird mm-hmm. but like we do that now but we don't regard them as different days right we <laughs> we regard them as ways to basically explain Time, not as like their own separate entities. It's it's just for it's for our convenience that right. like when the sun goes out down, we call that a certain time, which is sundown. And when the sun comes up, that's a certain time that we recognize as morning. It's just for convenience more than anything. Yeah, time is time is a construct, right? And it's a construct for the most part that we all agree on, and so we have to have ways to organize this idea, yeah, so we can all function. If yes. we didn't have to do things like be at work at a certain time or yeah. if we didn't recognize things like birthdays and holidays that fall in a certain day or time, like yeah. none of this would matter. Yeah, like all this shit is arbitrary and it's just for us. Right. Um, but for Gene Ray, it's even more specifically weird and arbitrary because he has decided to make this quarters, like the cube. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can kind of see what he's trying to say or what he thinks is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's obviously he's misinterpreting something that is happening. Um, the, uh, the and it's also, it feels a little weird to be like, well, he's wrong because this thing that is already completely arbitrary and made up is not this <laughs> like, yeah, his is different than ours, but there's, it's, it's just <laughs> yeah, not, <I> know. <laughs> not the agreed upon thing. 
the the thing is the important thing where he is really wrong is these are not four days <laughs> simultaneous. Yeah. They are the same. They're the same period of time experienced differently. Yeah. Where the sun doesn't hit quite the same way, but it's the same chunk of time. Like this is the thing that he he's getting lost in. I feel dumb having to explain that, <laughs> but like you got to get in the mind of Gene Ray to see where he's yeah, going, right? It's this. It's it's tricky. Yes. So uh, anyway, uh, his writing style, as you have already heard, is kind of intense. Mm-hmm. Um, along with all of his anger, is a whole bunch of profanity, which I've already touched on. He tends to call people retards. Mm. He tends to call people evil. He says they are educated, stupid. Constantly employs the phrase, you are an idiot, which is kind of a lot of fun. Um, He signs several posts as Gene Ray, cubic, as in cubic as a title or like a descriptor. Like, I I am a cubic. Okay. Like that. So basically, if this were not like a religion, if this were like a philosophy, the yeah. people who believe in this philosophy would be cubics. Yes. Some of his online followers had started calling themselves cube heads, which he did not seem to have a problem with. Hmm. But cubic seems to be his preferred nomenclature. So, okay. So here's a question. His yeah. online followers, did they actually also believe this? Or was it like, look at this guy being weird on the internet. Yeah. I'm into that. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell because... So many of their interactions with him are not made public. There are definitely, obviously, like, troll farms dedicated to this guy. Yeah. Or, or were, I should That's say. That's my thing. It's like, so, <clears throat> it, not that you're a troll, but mm-hmm. you have a sensibility that you like absurdity. Yes. And you like cringe. Oh, yeah. Much more than me. Yeah. I can get on board with some absurdity, but the whole cringe thing doesn't do it for me. <laughs> like I have the my other limits, night. Yeah. Yeah, we found the uh, this uh, oh, what was his name? Buff something or other? I forget. It's it's Buff something, but I forget what it was. I'll look it up while we're talking about it. But basically, this guy has been uploading videos for five years to YouTube. Five complete years. They are all bad. Every single one. Um, I. <laughs> no, to be specific. <laughs> yeah, they're all videos of him basically singing a cover of a song. Yes. Um, they have a couple of common elements. He's always shirtless. Uh, he's always in front of a portrait of himself. Also shirtless. <laughs> and he's always dancing. He, yeah, and dancing and singing along as like a cover of some song. His name is Buff Corell, B-U-F-F-C-O-R-R-E-L-L. And I subbed to him because he is my favorite new thing. <laughs> he's never on pitch. Way off pitch. If he's in any kind of key, I'm excited. <laughs> But it's so much fun to watch. The impressive thing is he's been doing this for a very long time. And it's exactly the same. Hasn't gotten better. He has to be intentionally doing it. That's the thing is that was the top comment on his very first video when I went Mm -hmm. back to watch it uh, was someone saying, like, it's genuinely impressive. You have not gotten better or worse. You have been exactly the same for five years. Yeah. Um, It's astounding. He's my favorite thing. I agree with that sentiment. But that's the thing is like some people can have an appreciation for someone. Yeah. Not necessarily in an ironic way, but in like a, yeah, this isn't good, but it's entertaining because there's something happening here. And I feel like I don't, I don't know if there are people who genuinely 
believed in this guy in the what he was saying i'm sure there were people trolling him but yeah. i also feel like some of his devotees so to speak were probably people like that that were like yeah this is something that i need to see happen i can tell you uh generally because i didn't research this very specifically because it was a little sad and i just didn't want to get all the way into it all right but he, he did have at least one actual dedicated follower mm-hmm. um who Met with Gene Ray, followed Gene Ray, wrote about Gene Ray, and then Gene Ray at some point denounced him and uh, disassociated from him. The guy ended up killing himself. Oh. Uh, it seems like he was a genuine devotee. Oh. And I don't think, again, it's very hard to know what Gene Ray thought about this because, like, it's just like only a handful of interviews on the record. And the guy has, he only talks about what he wants to talk about, right? Right. <laughs> so. It's very hard to know what he thought about that or if he cared about that, like, or if he was capable of it, if, like, mental illness was keeping him from even relating to that guy on a level. There's so many yeah. questions. But, yes, there it was at least one dedicated fan, and I would be very surprised if there were not more. Hmm. Um, if that can happen with one guy, it's got to be a thing, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, <clears throat> moving on a little bit here. Uh, he... Um, Gosh, let's see. So if you can begin to wrap your head around this, around what Gene Ray is trying to say, I think you can start to see the importance uh, and the emergence of some more of the themes of his writing, uh, which include, like I mentioned, polarity and opposites and balance and how these things apply to things like sex and race, which is really odd. Um, Gene Ray is super intense about this cube thing, and he draws all these weird inferences out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, starting with the basic geometry of, like, someone's sun up is someone's sun down and all that kind of thing. Then he establishes the importance of, like, the opposites of the poles, right? Yeah. Uh, at one at one point he says something about, like, um, like <laughs> things don't actually exist. Like, like... <laughs> masculinity and femininity exist as opposite poles of the cube and they don't exist because they cancel each other out. But also they do exist. Just the entity that they belong to doesn't exist. He, he, he says things that don't make sense. Like mm-hmm. it's really impossible to like suss out what he's trying to say about that. You know what I mean? It's these topics are difficult because he has his when own language. You, well, when you know that potentially a, mel- a mental illness is involved, yeah, it's like you could try to logic through it all you want, but there's not True. logic there. It's yeah. it's not. It made sense to him, right? Absolutely, but it's not rational as compared to the way everyone else is thinking. Yes. He has different roles yeah. in his head. There's different things going on that we don't have that context, so it's not going to make sense to us right. the way it made sense to him. Right. Yeah, like something, he's responding to something there, but we just can't quite fish it out. Right. Um, And I do get the idea of like, there's something like loosely understandable about the thing that, the the, the fact that like, opposite type things and polarities existed nature or whatever i get that yeah well Um, yeah he takes a little bit from things that are accepted and make sense but then it's just incorporated into like yeah a thing that is not understandable by anyone not yes 
getting all the information that he's getting. But then also, like like I said, he draws inferences from those things, and then those things end up like those inferences end up being like shitty. So like like I said, like yeah, um, he <laughs> here, here's some things. He believes that the time cube debunks the biblical first day. Right. So for that reason, um, believes that Christianity is an intense evil forced upon children because it denies cubic reality. Okay. Uh, after all, if there's uh, <laughs> right, like if there's the, the first day or in the beginning, you know, you have this first d- day of creation kind of thing. Right. You know, and then like if there's also three other simultaneous days, God doesn't seem to know about. Well, clearly. But what if God, when he says day, he is referring to just one of those days in the time cube? Nope, anti-cubic. I don't know. It's, <laughs> now, I don't know. I'm, now I'm in Gene Ray's brain, and yep. I'm like, but Gene, Gene, darling. Gene, darling. How do you know what it means, Gene? How know. do you know that God isn't acknowledging the time cube? Gene, maybe he just maybe the time cube is just like what other people they have to struggle to know the time cube. That's how you get to heaven. Gene, language is imperfect, baby. Come on, settle down. <laughs> I don't know what he's anyway. Right. So that's his first thing. My, my I guess my point is if you can have a Gene Ray, yeah. if he can have that thought, since it's very loosely anchored other people can argue his points back at him all over the place because it's not but that's things it doesn't matter real like gene ray is so committed and so insulated that you don't ever actually argue with gene ray yeah uh as i'll talk about later actually um Here's some more inferences. He concludes that the polarity of men and women are on opposite hemispheres of the time cube so as a result of that Homosexuality is inherently anti-cubic. How about that? Evil. Okay. Right, because masculinity and femininity have to exist on opposite sides of the cube. And so after they all, can if you have two cancel each other. Right. Things have to cancel each other. If you have, you know, two men, well, gosh, that's just anti-cubic, goddammit. Mm. I know it doesn't make sense, but it's part of the it's part of like the unfolding logic. Yeah. Um he um, <clears throat> he thinks the same things about the mixing of the races. Ugh. How about that one? Um, he says, essentially, a race war is coming and that when the race is mixed, it's going to cause a problem because we can't we belong in our corners of the cube. Oh. Right. <laughs> so I, I shouldn't be laughing. So the the time cube is binary and segregated. <clears throat> Super binary. Super binary, super segregated. <laughs> I'm never going to make it through this podcast. Um, yes, basically, yes. Um, it's it's weird. I'll, I'll also say this because I didn't say it later, but he's. I'm trying to remember if I remember correctly what he said about race, but basically, he sees like. Again, polarities, white man, black man, opposite sides of the cube. But here's where I think it's kind of if, – if something funny can come out of this. He also sees Indians and Chinese on the opposite sides of a cube, and that's all the races. <laughs> that's all so the – there's four races. And also, like, because they're somehow in the middle, <laughs> they're on opposite sides – because they're not fully pigmented one way or the other, he sees them 
as sitting on opposite it's, sides so of like the cube. Indians like from India. That's not 100% clear. <laughs> uh, the best guesses is that he was talking about India, Indians, but we're still not sure. And I believe he did say actually Chinese, although I could be wrong. But like that's also like that's not a race, that's a nationality. Right. Interesting, but all right. This is the way that like a like a like a like a just a odd white dude in America thinks about race, right? And one that that has some issues. Sure. It's it's like Well, yeah, yeah, that's true, but like this part, that the thing about like thinking there's basically four races of people. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's just like old white dude not getting how race works. And and people calling things races that aren't races. Yeah, right. Um It's like it's like when people are like Mexican as a race. Like, right. That's, it's like no. No, you were wrong about that. It's not a race. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the way that Gene Ray sees the world. Uh, I didn't write that in my notes, but I remember him talking about that. So, um, I'm going to read a couple of weird quotes from Gene Ray, just as far as just to really nail this down. Because again, his writing right. style is super weird. I, I think we're starting to get a picture. <laughs> yes. Uh, here's a direct quote. I am a cubic thinker and far wiser than any god, any scientist, and any educator who preaches the evil singularity of a single first corner. Okay. Another quote. So humble. Humble. Uh, <laughs> it only gets worse. Um, he says, your own people will kill you to prevent this forbidden truth cube from ever being known. Socrates was killed to hide truth from public. One corner God is a fraud. Are you afraid to know? Oh, well, geez. are you? Yes, actually. <laughs> uh, this one was on a post he wrote entitled, Are You Jewish? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I don't know why that's funny. Well, the thing is, it's 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 less funny when you realize that that's his response to people asking him if he's Jewish. Oh, but it's okay. it's a lot funnier for him to just be like asking his reader, like, "Are you Jewish?" Right, <laughs> right. That's the way it's okay. Just like that's how like I took you it know too. they can't answer you, right? <clears throat> yeah, right. Um, I had to read it to get, Are you get what he was Jewish? saying. Right. <laughs> I, it sounds like he's about to convince everyone that they're Jewish. <laughs> it sounds like he's about to be like, here's why you actually are and you just don't know it. Actually Jewish and you had no idea. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. Uh, he wrote uh, in this post, I am not Jewish. Neither was my mother or father. Anyone saying that Jesus and his Jewish father had something to do with my birth is a damn evil liar. I am of nature's harmonic time cube in which both word and God are outlawed. No plant nor animal speaks word, a fraud by evil adults. Don't know what that means. A um, couple more quick quotes. God is a word masturbation. A fart. <laughs> wow. A, a fart has more substance than a human emitted word. Okay. Last quote. Your father was a fish. You know how a salmon swims upstream and fertilizes the egg? The sperm fish does the same thing. That makes the most sense out of anything he said. That's the thing. That's actually the most sensible of all the quotes I pulled. It's weird, right? I mean, he's not wrong. Uh, so The sperm <clears throat> fish does swim upstream. Uh, so I'm going to skip ahead quite a bit here. Because uh, actually, I'm realizing now I have a lot more than I thought I did. Um, <clears throat> so... Yeah, we talked briefly about the what, like the trolls thing 
Um, I can condense this section down quite a bit just by saying like Jean Ray had things to say to people like uh, I have. He says academia are trying to suppress the time cube theory. Right. Like mm-hmm. teachers are trying to suppress yeah. the truth or that he he said he has received death threats from NASA to stop teaching the time cube. I don't know what NASA has to do with it. Um, Gene Ray has a lot of ideas like this. Like he feels like his theory is under attack and under threat by people. Right. He thinks a lot of things. Um, I think that this stuff is the direct result of trolls. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I think that like. It's oh, one thing to, I see, like, pretending to be NASA. Yeah, because, yeah. like, why NASA? Like, why so specific? Like, it's one thing to be, like, nobody will, like, you have been brainwashed not to believe the time cube because everyone he talks to doesn't believe the time cube. That, that's one but thing. here's the thing. I don't know. It's NASA? hard NASA? It's hard to tell what is someone fucking with him and what is his mind fucking with him. That's you know, true. like... Because if you're schizophrenic, a lot of times you do. You you are paranoid and you do hear voices or hear messages from, you know, different entities. Right. A lot of times it's some kind of religious figure, mm-hmm. but not all the time. Yeah. So very easily could be like NASA's talking to him and telling him to stop doing this. Like, Yes. That definitely has that air of paranoia. But also, it could be trolls. It, yeah. Being like, now this is NASA and you need to cut it out. I will say this. I, I watched him uh, at one point um, on camera for like a couple hours. And I didn't see any signs of in that of him hearing or seeing anything that wasn't in the room with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Yeah. It just means that that dude during that period of time seemed relatively stable for two hours. Also possible that it wasn't, he didn't have schizophrenia. Yeah. He he maybe had had a psychotic break Mm -hmm. in very briefly, but kept these ideas afterwards. Like, yeah, it's also possible that he wasn't mentally ill, but it kind of falls in line. Right. With, there was something going on because he had a lot of thoughts that there was logic to it. It just doesn't line up with any information that we have. Yeah. This is why I say it seems very likely that something like this was happening with Gene Ray. Yeah. Like we won't know for sure, but it seems very likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> a quick note here about tone now that we've reached this point here. And there's a reason I wanted to lead with that mental illness stuff, which is just like. The, it's it's weird to talk about Gene Ray because he is at the same time very funny, very insulting, very confusing, very sad. Mm-hmm. I think I have a lot of feelings about this dude at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to laugh at a dude that's constantly telling everyone you are an idiot in like flat terms. Like yeah. that's that's inherently funny. Just like anyone who's that combative. Um, but it is sad. Um, if, if what people think is the case is actually the case, it's sad. It's it's gotta be lonely, right? Because if, if your main point is like, you believe this specific thing and you come at it from a point of view of like, no one else knows this or can understand this is yeah. super alienating. Yes. Like you're the only one sure like God status, but like 
or better than God or whatever, but you're alone. You're the only one. Everyone's an idiot. Everyone's below you, but then you got, you got no one. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, like (laughs) no one has with few exceptions, no one has ever bought into time cube. Yeah. That, that he knows in person, right. With very few exceptions. I do think that's sad and lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, um, let's see. Where is, uh, where am I? Okay. So, Moving on. April 2005. Jean Ray has gotten various forms of exposure over the basically seven years, eight years since his website launched. Mm-hmm. Right. He's kind of like a, a somewhat of an Internet cult figure already. Um, he was written about in PC Magazine. He was interviewed on Tech TV. Remember Tech TV? Mm-hmm. Uh, he spoke at a student event at MIT. Students organized to get him to show up. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Again, this is like the internet celebrity thing. MIT students were like, let's get Gene Ray. Um, Despite being known pretty widely, he had never had a real platform. Like even the MIT meetup was mostly like it kind of fell apart by most accounts. Mm -hmm. Not much happened. People kind of had a laugh, left. Like not much came out of it. Um, However... Uh, a student group at uh, Georgia Tech sets up a guest lecture for Gene Ray, mm-hmm. April 14th, 2005. Um, he shows up to a full lecture hall, uh, over 100 students, easy. I don't know what the total count was, but in the video, it's got to be like over 100 students. All right. Um, <clears throat> he leads a two-hour lecture and Q&A. <laughs> Uh, I have watched the entirety of this. <laughs> okay, so this is what you were referencing when you said he appears to be, yes. you know, not distracted by other voices or anything like that. Right. For a complete two, well, the first like 45 minutes, maybe a little less, is Gene Ray lecturing, in which he talks about his background. He talks about the time cube. This is a thing I didn't mention. He has a glass cube with a globe in it on a chain that he brings around with him, <laughs> like as a... Visual aid. As a visual aid. Right. A visual aid. Visual. Um, He, like I said, it's, it's, the, the the big problem he has is that he's trying to explain years and years of super entrenched lingo specific pseudo theory. Yeah. To people that like, just kind of showed up on a lark. Only a few people really even appreciate what he's doing here. It, I would relate it to like. When I start researching a topic that's super lingo heavy, like mm. when a, a great example is David Icke. Yeah, right. I tried to watch a video Yeah. as first thing. I was like, this is a good starting point. 30 seconds in, I was like, I have no fucking idea what's happening <laughs> because it's like yeah. so specific and so much jargon and lingo that it's like. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I need I need a starting point further back. You need a glossary. Right. Like, I need to understand what's happening before I can jump into that. Yeah. I think people that, like, develop their own, like, philosophies or, like, uh, worldviews like this, like something this unique, that's just what they do, right? Like, well, they have a, all their own terms. A lot of times there's a tactic to it. I don't think that's a case with... 
with Gene. I don't but, think Gene Ray is trying to manipulate anybody. Right. But a lot of times it's a it's a form of manipulation. If you detach yeah. people from break down their language. Their language and yeah. make it so eventually they can only communicate with other people within your group because yeah. you've alienated them from other people. Yeah. Because of the way that you, they speak and you've redefined words for them, that yeah. that's very alienating and manipulative. Manipulating. Yes. Um, Manipulative. That's the word. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but no, Gene Ray doesn't, he's not trying to do that. This I is don't just, think so. it's just like a side effect of. Well, it's just what thing. happens when you like have like years to ramble about anything you want on the internet and you start mm-hmm. to develop your own like terms and ideas and, and like things that like, but this is the mic stand moving. I thought it was a meow. Nope. Oh my God. It scared me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know why, but I was um, like, what was that meow sound? Basically, the thing is, Gene Ray goes full bore on these people. He throws all kinds of terms and ideas out that are unrecognizable. Um, He kind of does his best, but still, like, he just, like, says things that don't make any sense to anyone that hasn't been reading him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um. And the thing is, the crowd is actually, on the surface, pretty kind to him. Like, on the yeah. surface. Um, but after a really confusing lecture, the Q&A is... So it's like, who's going to be at the Q&A? Who's going to ask the questions? It's going to be the people who either are completely on board or completely off board, either curious people or mocking people, and which do you think there's more of, right? Yeah. So... It's mostly people that pop up to the microphone to have a little bit of a laugh. The questions are, some of them seem kind of earnest. Some of them are transparent mockery. Uh, One dude, who I think is somewhere in the middle, asks, how can I use Time Cube to get a date? (laughs) And Gene Ray (laughs) holds up his little cube and says, show her this. This ought to work. (laughs) Oh, Gene. The thing is, he's being kind of sweet. Yeah. And the crowd laughs, but like... It's kind of, it's not it's like a mean laugh. It's sad, too. I, well, the thing is, it's a dude being nice is in his way. Yeah. And after all that sort of like uh, racist, sexist bullshit, it's kind of nice that he tried to say one nice thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where was this talk at again? It's at Georgia Tech. Oh, okay. Um, the, I don't know. I think there's a few points in this video where it's pretty obvious that people are laughing. Yeah, it's... Uh, That's the saddest part. It's upsetting because he's not good. Like, he's very problematic, but also... Yeah. There's a lot of this he can't help. It's, right, it's, like, it, it, it feels like poking fun at yeah. someone who can't help it. Right. And that's not funny. Right, so that part about Gene Ray isn't funny. Yeah. And laughing at that... Right. I don't like we we talk a lot, you and I, and and with our friends as well, about like there's not really any topic that's off limits to us as far as humor and joking. The important part is where you put the funny. Like it you can find humor in how bizarre on this podcast many times. You can find humor in how bizarre Gene Ray is and mm-hmm. in some of the things he says. You can have a little like cringy chuckle at the fact that he's racist and all this stuff. But mm. 
I don't know. The part of Gene Ray I like the most, honestly, is the bluntness with which he just calls everyone. Idiots. Right. But in like inviting him to a lecture and then mm-hmm. like taking the piss out of him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, seem nice. It no, seems mean it's cruel right? is what it is. Like, yeah. it's just it's the, cruel. the difference between laughing with someone or something like and that at and, laughing, them. and at them. But, yeah. but not quite. But something like that. Like, it's I don't know. It's hard to explain. I think the subtlety there, but yeah. there is a difference. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just cruel. It does seem cruel. Now, there's not a lot of that. It's worth mentioning. There's not a ton of that. There are a couple of people that come up to that microphone that you want to reach through the screen and punch. Yeah. Um, some of the guys who like go up there and be like, "No, I finally get it now. The time cube makes perfect sense." And like, they're clearly just they're fucking just with him. Fucking with him. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem cool to me. <sighs> One guy earnestly debates the time cube theory. Actually, actually posits a. A thoughtful refutation. Yeah. Which Gene Ray dismisses and out of hand. Probably calls him an idiot. Something like, and the room laughs uproariously. Um, but, you know, that, that guy wasn't being cruel. No. You know? He was trying to get on Gene Ray's level. Yeah, he was, was trying to have an honest him. discourse. Like, that's right. fine. That is acceptable. Right. It's like that's what we're trying to do. We're just like trying to understand. Yes. I don't know. It's I mean, I don't know. Anyone who watched that video, I think, can spot the difference between. Yeah. Like, between like this is something funny people, about you, Ray. I think most people are good at spotting the difference. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's the Georgia Tech lecture. It's two hours. It's very interesting. So what what time period was this? 2005. April 14th, okay. 2005. Um. Also, for whatever reason, it struck me that April is the fourth month. Time cube. Um. <laughs> so let's talk about this real Wait, quick. What here. was the the date? April fourteenth, two thousand five. Okay. Um. So let's see. The the there's more to say about Gene Ray. There's there's kind of a lot more. And the thing is, you could. Read every page of his website all throughout the Wayback Machine and be endlessly entertained. Endless entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Basically, he continues to write after this point from 2005 for years and years after this. But basically, I think his story is kind of over here. I mean, yeah. like, he doesn't engage with people directly after this. He keeps writing. But, like, he doesn't have, like, you know, he doesn't, doesn't do another lecture. Um I think the saddest thing about him is how little he changes over time. Like nothing gets into or around Time Cube. Like mm-hmm. nothing separates him from it. Um, the theory doesn't change. Yeah. Uh, he's Im- impervious to refutation. Um, one thing that happens over the time period after this is that the website text gets bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> like, like it starts to be where like you can fit 30 words on screen. And it's hmm. all underlined and bolded. And it just mm-hmm. gets like more and more intense. Right. Yeah. Um, he becomes more obsessed with different weird things that don't make sense to me. Like a belly button logic is something he talks about. I don't know what that means. Um, he refers to whole and pole sex. I'm not sure what that's all about. Uh, my first <laughs> no. guess is 
Yeah. Female male sex. Yes, but like why? Is like why does he why is he, I don't know, like why the obsession with holes and poles? I don't know, but he says it a lot. It's polarity. Yeah. And they're opposites. Yeah. They cancel. <laughs> so they don't exist, or do they? I yeah. don't I don't know. Holes and poles, baby. Holes <laughs> and poles. <laughs> um I don't know, lots of profanity, lots of crazy stuff, you know. Um basically the last five years of his life, there's not a lot on. Mm-hmm. Um, his website went stale in 2010, like no updates since 2010. He died in 2015. Mm. Uh, his 2009 to 2010 Twitter posts provide the only tangible clues about what might have happened. Mm-hmm. Like he was only on Twitter for like a year. Um, in in one of his posts, he says in all caps, he cannot be killed because he is quote 82 plus cancer. What? He can't be killed because he is 82 plus cancer or 82 years old with cancer. He, I, I have to say it over and over again. He can't be killed because he is 82 and has cancer. I don't know what that means. Is he referring to himself? Yeah. Would he have been 82 at that point? Yes. Yes, he would have. He's an, he's an old guy. I don't know. If, I didn't make that super clear. Um. I also didn't mention that at some point he started referring to himself as Dr. Gene Ray. Yeah, you called him Dr. Gene Ray. <laughs> I let but that you didn't, slip. I you didn't, didn't to... put like a fine point on it. Yeah, I let that slip. That was supposed to be a surprise. But he started calling himself Dr. Gene Ray because he realized that no other human was smarter than him. And so none could be authorized to make him a doctor but himself. <laughs> All right. So Solid logic. <laughs> and also he often signed thing as, things as Dr. Gene Ray. The wisest human. No. He was really up on his his, his wisdom. He yeah. said it a lot. Again, it's a complicated mix of feelings. Yeah. Because it's sad, but it's also funny. It's yeah. very confusing to me. I don't know it's how to difficult. feel about Gene Ray. Right. The thing is, Gene Ray brought me a lot of entertainment before I had any idea what was happening with Gene Ray. Yeah. Um... And knowing some of the stuff does add context that makes it sadder. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. But it's also like I will I will always be grateful for this period of the internet that enabled TimeCube to exist. I, I feel very similar to about Gene Ray as I do about like Temple OS. Yeah. It, it's a very similar thing. Uh, going right down to the purchase it made in the internet. Like mm-hmm. – Without the internet, we would not know about these guys. They would just right. be dudes rambling about their ideas, yeah. not anything else. But the internet <clears throat> is special in that way. Yeah. And like you said, it, it creates it, like celebrities, not in the word that we, not in the way we normally think of the the term, but like internet celebrities are a very specific thing. And yeah. Anyone can just have a website and make a thing. Well, that's the other thing is like, I'm not sure that it would happen the same way now. You know, like, it's, I feel like the Gene Rays of the world now. now. It's different now. Now you have to go viral. Now you have to make videos and go viral somehow. Someone has to pick it up and spread it around. It's not the, the thing. It, it's not the same way. The I think the thing is, there used to be a time where in order to get your message out, you had to create a website and fill it with stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the Gene Rays of the world are just on Facebook, 
on Twitter. YouTube. And they're barely recognized. They're barely. I think. I don't think this would ever get traction now. But the, because because of what TimeCube was. When Jean Ray started doing this, the internet was very small. Yeah. Like there, it's Super not like insulated. there were infinite number of websites. Like it'd be easier to come across someone like Jean Ray because there's not a billion Jean Rays. Mm-hmm. There's not a billion websites. Like right. There's an infinite number of things we can do on the internet now, Mm -hmm. and mostly it's boiled down to, like, Reddit, Mm -hmm. some form of social media, and porn. (laughs) There's not enough room left for the gene rays. Well, think about this. Like, when TimeCube started, there was barely search. Yeah. Search barely existed. I mean, it did, but it was infant. How did people find him? It's the amazing thing. Like, it's it's like how instead of viral videos, there was a time where someone would hand you a VHS of some bootleg shit that you laugh at with your friends. Like, stuff had to be handed to you, referred to you, curated to you, and because I of that, definitely you got to blow up in, in isolation, like like he did. I definitely remember a time of being in school. Obviously, it was far past, like, the very beginnings of the internet. Mm -hmm. But even when I was, like, in middle school or high school, of, like, Mm -hmm. someone finding something funny on the internet and writing down a URL and handing it to me to type in to look it up. Sometimes with, like, .htmls and numbers and dashes. Right. (laughs) And sometimes there were very long URLs. Yeah. And we didn't have great ways to share those. Like, that was, I think, kind of, like... It's sort of like before they had a world map. Yeah. And you just knew there was a sea monster over here and a coastline over here and some some a berry bush over here. That's that's it. You know, and you really had to have people hand you the information. Yeah. I think Gene Ray now would get lost in Facebook and no one would notice him. Mm-hmm. And people would unsubscribe to his posts and that would be it. Yeah. But because of the magic of the internet, that was able to blossom into this huge thing and just get, I don't know. So... I have more on this. I'm going to stop. I just, I, the main thing I wanted to end with here is that I am grateful for the atmosphere of the internet that enabled this. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it would happen again. Um, it, I, things are different now. Yes. Um, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, he, you know, he was this strange, offensive, intriguing, but also like very personal thing to people. Yeah. I like being called an idiot by a stranger on the internet who thinks I can't possibly comprehend <laughs> the true cubic reality. That did something for me. <laughs> Just being berated for not understanding something ununderstandable. Yeah. Um. But uh, but that's it. That's Time Cube. That's Gene Ray. Gene Ray. Doctor. Doctor Gene Ray. The wisest human. <laughs> You, that part gets me. You are so tired. I what is going very on tired. with you? I don't know. <laughs> Went to bed a little bit late. Yeah. And I had a long day. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. This is, I feel <laughs> like for people who are familiar with TimeCube, this might be a bit more information than they were aware of before. Mm-hmm. I feel like most people who are aware of TimeCube don't know about the lecture at all because the thing is video of that like just surfaced like last year oh okay like it was not known for a very long time yeah um 
Well, I mean, it was known that it happened. There were, no one knew where the video went. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only hope that there was, there's more content out there about Gene Ray we don't know about yet. But but that's it. That's Time Cube. Uh, you are an idiot. <laughs> you are educated stupid. And, um, and evil. You deny cubic reality. You are evil. All those things are true. <laughs> I didn't even mention the fact that he had a website called AboveGod.com. He actually got oh, yes, about how he is above God. That's great. Um, there were more. There were like five websites he ran. It's probably super cheap back then. <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm not sure that it was actually. Um, I think it got cheaper to buy websites and hosting huh. got incredibly cheap. Yeah. I think it was actually kind of expensive back then. Hmm. You you certainly couldn't host it locally, so you had to buy server space, and I think oh. that shit was expensive. Yeah, that's true. Um, and he just he bought up tons of it. I didn't even mention the fact that he had a bounty out a thousand dollars to someone that could disprove uh, cubic logic. Uh, at at one point, he upped it to ten thousand. Except there's so many trap doors there exactly. that you... no, no one will ever convince Gene Ray right. uh, would would ever have been able to do it. Um, <laughs> My thoughts on Gene Ray. Yeah. Boil down very simply yeah. to I had to do it one more time. And that's what I have to say about that. That is where I stand on that matter. I'm not gonna repeat myself. Um yeah. You will. You absolutely will. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, that's Gene Ray. That's Time Cube. Uh, it's I recommend anyone who is curious and wants to read this uh, all kinds of uh, odd bigotry and whatever, which is in its <laughs> own way fiercely entertaining. You can find it at archive.org uh, in the Wayback Machine, searching for timecube.com. Um, there is not a time period in Time Cube's history prior to like 2015 when it shut down. There is not a time period where it is boring. It is mm-hmm. never boring. Um, all kinds of odd things. Um, he started to add articles. And so it's just a wall of text. Like, it's hard to explain. It doesn't have a menu. It, it doesn't imagine, have sidebars. Imagine it's the, someone's Word document. Imagine the bottle of that soap that we talked about. Dr. Bronner's soap. It's like that, but expanded but to huge. an entire website. Like 72-point font about why you're an idiot. <laughs> I, I just you love something about that. That's my kink. <laughs> that's my fetish. <laughs> just um, someone berating me in 72-point font. <laughs> occasionally calling me retarded. Thanks, yeah. Gene Ray. That's, you know, we all have different things that make us realize <laughs> what we're into and the kind of person that we are. So anyway, now's as good a time as any to wrap this show up. That's Time Cube. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, it has been a couple of weeks, so thanks, thanks for, for being hanging patient. in there. Yeah, th- <laughs> it's thanks for, been a weird one. <laughs> thanks for sticking around. This is a weird episode for sure. Um, uh, but uh, Gene Ray is one of my favorite things um, for all kinds of reasons. Anyway, uh, we will hopefully be back in a week. I keep saying that, then we keep not doing it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know what's wrong with me. Not on the microphone. Wake up. I can't help it. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I'm letting everybody down. No, you're fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That little noise is just uh, terrific. 
we will be back hopefully in one week with another episode of Goose Chase. <laughs> 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 Goose Chase. Oh my God. See you next time. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 